Quickly to Wall. Wall yes! measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's Wednesday evening, and I'm your host tonight, Noah Getzel, Wizards Extra beat reporter. I've been covering the Wizards uh, for Wizards Extra since 2015. And back when they had the truth on the roster, and the man who brought me over to the Wizards Extra team is here to join us tonight. Uh, he brought me there almost four seasons ago. Maybe found a diamond in the rough, a Kelly Oubre type pick, I might say. I'm boasting a little bit too much, but uh, this guy is Dustin Allwood. He runs uh, Wizards Extra, and we had him on the the podcast just Monday night. So it's great to have you back, Dustin. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think you're selling yourself short. No, you're definitely a first-round pick. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I'm glad I didn't get traded for cash considerations. So, <laughs> no Grunfeld running this show. <laughs> tonight we'll be talking about uh, three different topics. So number one is the level of concern with Wizards chemistry issues and all of the locker room stuff that's boiling over with uh, Wall talking for the first time since his surgery uh, his knee surgery last Wednesday and kind of all the slights that are going around among teammates after that we'll talk about uh, previewing the matchup between the Boston Celtics who come to DC to face the Wizards uh, and seek revenge from that Christmas Day game where the Wizards beat them um, and so that game's a Thursday night um, and then finally we'll be doing a throwback Thursday segment uh, and we'll be repeating that every Thursday. We're going to talk about the Wizards' 17-game home winning streak last year and what lessons the current Wizards uh, can learn from how, how the team played during that stretch. You know, the Wizards have been quite hot and cold this year. So we're going to get into all that in just a minute. Uh, first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel, joined by Dustin Allwood tonight. Uh, so before the end of the show, um, we're going to do a throwback Thursday about uh, the Wizards' amazing home winning streak last year that led them all the way almost to 50 wins. Uh, they're on about the same pace uh, this season, but <laughs> it's been a, a firestorm of the season. We're going to start right there, uh, Dustin. So... What was your immediate reaction to John Wall's interview when he was on um, ESPN uh, yesterday talking about how he was a little bit shocked by some of the things that teammates were saying and the first time, you know, it was no big deal at all when Bradley Beal saying everybody eats when John is not around or when the team's winning, but then, you know, it kept repeating and he kind of just said, like, if people have problems with me, don't tell the media, you all have my number, you know, bring it up to me in person, which is the exact same message that he's tried to send to his teammates after that failed team meeting at the end of November. Uh, what's your reaction? How deep are these issues? And will, you know, what's what's going to happen the rest of the season? Yeah, my, my first reaction was probably a grimace. I mean, you know, you, you hate to air this dirty laundry out in the public, you know. And I'm not that I'm putting the blame on 
wall because you know I think you know Gortat, you know, he, and he had some some comments to to Candace Buckner uh, after the game last night about it, um, saying that you know he spoke with Wall and and you know he thought this was buried, uh, but you know Gortat definitely initiated things, but you know you you kind of hope your your leader in John Wall would would stay out of the fray, I guess, or at least in the media. I mean, certainly if there's issues, you know, you hope they handle it internally. And that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like this bat's kind of being taken care of out, you know, in front of everybody. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I really wish Wall would, would not have done what he did, you know, going on. I think, you know, doing the interview is fine, but, you know, brush it off and... <clears throat> and talk to these guys in person because, you know, in the end, really, you know, what he's saying when he's saying, you know, I wish these guys would, would give me a call. They have my number. Well, you know, the, the, it works both ways too, right? I mean, you're basically doing the same thing. You're, you're telling them they shouldn't be doing, uh, by going on there and, uh, you know, hashing this out, um, on the jump and on sports center, you know, I mean, it, um, so I would have rather him, you know, and the thing is, too, you know, these guys are out of town. They're, they're playing up in Philadelphia, getting ready to come back to D.C. You know, wait another night. Talk to them when you're back in D.C. You know, you know John's going to be probably courtside with the, on the bench uh, for the first time in a while since they've been on a little bit of a road trip. But, you know, uh, it's definitely not good. It's not an ideal situation to be, especially, you know, with pretty much right after that. Um, or I guess a little bit before that, there was all the, the trade rumors about Gortat, you know, being dangled out uh, in various potential trades. And so it seems like it's a fractured locker room. Mm-hmm. The good thing is the, the team's playing pretty well right now. But obviously that's without John on the floor. And the worry is how well is he going to integrate back in and how long can they really keep playing this well without him? So, you know, those are two things that remains to be seen. You know, can they keep playing? You know, they lost last night to Philly. Um, it was one of those games where, you know, the other team's hot. and You know, those happen in the NBA. But um, It was a Super Bowl hangover. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, those fans were jacked. Um, a good but, type of hangover. You know, we talked about that earlier in the week, that that was going to be a tough one, you know, mm-hmm. especially, uh, you know, sandwiched in between, you know, a game against Indy and, and a uh, home game versus Boston. And you, you know this team's going to always be up for Boston because you know, that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a budding rivalry. So, you know, that's that's the, the thing I'm interested in is can the guys that are available right now continue to play with the chemistry and the effort we've been seeing since John went down with injury? And how does John integrate back in? You know, I, I hope he's around as much as he can be around. I know it's difficult to travel with the team. Um, after you've had the knee surgery, you don't want the, the swelling to go up and down. So he might not be with the team all the time, but you know, I'd hope he's, he's there for home games and he's there, you know, being that truly that we've always seen him be when he's missed games before, you know, he's mm-hmm. always the guy that's, he's not, you know, a, a guy like LeBron sometimes where he comes out for a half and is in and out. He's engaged on the bench when he's not playing normally. Yeah. And I hope that's what we see, you know, that's not gonna in the change. end, I think. I, I, really, I think the key piece is going to be for him to lead by example. You know, you, you all this stuff um, you can say back and forth, but it's it's going to be about what he does on the court, and that's what, what we've got to see. Mm-hmm. He's always a great cheerleader when he's actually out there, you know, yelling at 
Tomas Sadoransky words of encouragement, helping to coach the team. Uh, it's it's never been an issue in the past. And while the Wizards only have lost one game in their past, what is it, past six, you know, like it's it's kind of a big deal that people are going to the public and going back and forth saying like, oh, you know, this the team uh, surprised me with their comments. Um, it wasn't classy, things like that. It might affect the play between the lines, even though all this stuff is off the court issues. We'll see. It really just adds insult to Wall's injury. You know, he's he's not feeling well. He just had surgery. He's starting his rehab program. Um, and, of course, here everyone is bashing him. Here the fans are. It's got to be motivation at the same time. But <laughs> it's, you know, it's not a good look for the Wizards. Um, so we're going to talk about this upcoming matchup. Uh, I'm not sure if you're listening Wednesday night or Thursday, but this is a Thursday night game against the Celtics. And we're going to get right into that. The Celtics have now won four of their last five games after they had a four-game losing streak in January. So hold tight. Locked on Wizards podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Locked on Wizards podcast. We've got Dustin Allwood in the house tonight breaking down the Wizards-Celtics matchup. Um, and so the Celtics are number one in the East, seven and a half games above the Wizards. Kyrie Irving is back with the squad after missing uh, three games with a quad injury. And they have a new addition, Greg Monroe tonight, who was cut by the Bucks, and people were wondering if the Wizards were going to make a move for him, try and get even another center. Uh, it turns out he's on the Celtics now. Do you think he'll play significant minutes? Do you think he can have a big impact with this team, Dustin? You know, like you said, the, the Celtics are playing pretty well right now, uh, and they got Kyrie back. Um, they're obviously seemingly the class of the East right now. You know, they, they have the fast track to, to the number one seed. So I think they'll probably take it slow uh, with integrating Monroe, especially since they've got a number of bodies in the post, you know, with, with Tease and uh, Horford and, and Marcus Morris. Uh, you know, they have a number of guys that they can throw down there. Um, so I think they'll probably integrate them pretty slowly. Um you know, try and get him going for for a spell when when he comes in and uh, get a flow with whatever unit they put him on. I, I definitely don't foresee him being a starter um, at any point with the Celtics. I I would kind of see him as that kind of bench spark. Um, you know, he's more of a you know an extra piece. I think in their mm-hmm. in their valuation and I think he'd probably be an ideal guy um, for them in certain series you know as we kind of saw with the Wizards in the playoffs in the past you know you've really got to be able to in order to go deep in the playoffs you really have to be able to change personnel depending on who you're matched up against you know Mm -hmm. we saw that when the Wizards played Toronto in the first round a couple years ago and then turned around and had to play Indiana and it was a totally different look and right so what would you say is the key to this matchup here Thursday night? Um, obviously, Greg Monroe is a nice piece to add, but he's not too significant. You were mentioning uh, that Kyrie's defense has been an issue in the past, and he kind of, you know, he wouldn't have to guard uh, John Wall in previous years. They'd kind of hide him and have Avery Bradley or Marcus Smart taking John Wall. Do you think his defense, the Celtics are obviously playing great D uh, this year, is Irving part of that, or is he still the weak link on their their starting lineup defensively? 
You know, I mean, they traded, obviously, one defensive liability at point guard for another uh, mm-hmm. going from Isaiah Thomas to, to Kyrie Irving. Um, I think – but they were a very good defensive team even with, with Isaiah, and I don't think anybody would say Isaiah was a huge part of that. Um, so I, I think Kyrie is definitely still a defensive liability, and, and you saw it when the Wizards played Boston on Christmas Day. They went at it. Whoever mm-hmm. Kyrie was picking up, they went to. They tried to hide Kyrie on Beal. They tried to hide Kyrie. Um, How do you hide Otto. someone guarding Bradley Beal? That's that's the real question. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, the thought process is, you know, you can try and make Beal a jump shooter, uh, whereas, you know, Wall is going to get by Kyrie if he wants to get by Kyrie. Um, so... Um, I definitely don't think the strategy is going to be to try to have Kyrie guard Bradley Beal at all uh, tomorrow night. I think they'll probably, you know, depending on who's in the game at point at the time, whether it's Sadoransky or Frazier, that'll be where Kyrie's defensive assignment falls. And I think it's going to be critical for Sato and Frazier to take advantage of that matchup. Um, and because the Celtics are a very good defensive team, um, mm-hmm. and they're going to blitz Bradley Beal, and it's going to be key for Beal to get the ball in the, the hands of the right guys at the right time, which he's done a very good job of since since John has gone out, because that's been every team's strategy against the Wizards, is blitz Brad and make him make decisions with the basketball. So it's going to be key for him to keep doing that, and it's going to be key for that point guard position, Sadoransky and Frazier, to make plays, uh, because that's going to be the, the weak spot of the Celtics' defense, as it always is. No doubt about it. And uh, let's talk about three-point shooting for a second here. So the Celtics, obviously with Kyrie lofting a bunch of those up, they make uh, the fourth most threes per game, while the Wizards rank just 20th. In the past couple of games, the Wizards have shot terribly from beyond the arc. Do you think uh, that's one of the, the key focal points, defending, getting back to defending the three-point line that the Wizards had done so so well? And now, you know, like last last night, what was it? Um, the, the Sixers made 14 of 28 of their threes? Yeah, it's it's been a struggle all year long for the Wizards defending the three-point line, and it's definitely something that terrifies you against a team like Boston um, because they just have guys everywhere that can stretch the floor. I mean, Horford's effectively a stretch five for them, you know, and, uh, you know, between Jason Tatum and Kyrie, they've got shooters everywhere. Jalen Brown has been a very good three-point shooter. So, you know, that's going to be the key. You know, you've got to make these guys put the ball on the floor can't give them open looks you have to contest um you know uh, luckily you know when the wizards have really really struggled um in that department it's been against teams that they've taken for granted a little bit and probably given significantly more open looks than you would normally get Uh, i don't think that's going to be the case against boston this is definitely a team the wizards will be up for um, especially knowing that boston like you said is probably out for revenge for us spoiling their christmas day um so uh, i mean the wizards have been playing with a lot more effort since wall's been out which i think they know they have to or they're going to get beat so um I think you'll see a better effort. You know, whether those shots go in, you know, they're still a very, very good three-point shooting team. I think that very well could be the difference in the game, whether Mm -hmm. or not those threes are falling or not uh, might be the deciding factor. Yep, and Wizards opponents have hit um, at least 10 threes a game, each game since uh, January 27th. And on the opposing end, the Wizards' last five games, they've gone 7 of 25 from three-point land, 10 of 30, 7 of 26, 7 of 25 again, and then 7 of 27 last 
night against Philly. So the best percentage in the past five games was just 33%. Not yeah, looking pretty, too strong right now. solidly below 30%. Not where you want to be. Yeah. And, I mean, you've you got to hand it to John Wall. He gets people open threes all the time. So that's yeah. something and, that's missing out. And I think that part of that, too, is the Wizards with Wall are able to push a lot more in transition mm. and get maybe some of those threes on the secondary break. Uh, because John Wall is a one-man fast break. You know, you get the ball in his hands, and you might not have an advantage, and he turns it into an advantage. And obviously, you know, Sadoransky has a different set of skills. Frazier has a different set of skills. Um, but they don't have that blazing speed and that quickness that John has that got some guys some open looks. So, you know, it, it might be something they have to deal with and, and learn to play in other ways. And, and Beal's obviously a different type of distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more of a pick-and-roll kind of guy. Um, and finding guys in the half court. Um, so, you know, there's probably going to be less three-point shooting um, from this team going forward, and, and something they'll probably have to learn to win without. And what's your prediction? Uh, prediction? Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I think probably Boston pulls it out in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny, last year, you know, this this series between Boston and, and Washington, the home team won every game. And uh, so far they've played once this year, the road team won. I think it continues again now. So kind of flipping the script a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'd take Boston in a, in a decently close game. I think it'll go into the fourth quarter, um, and Boston just probably pulls it out in the end. Yeah. And in Kyrie Irving's first game back, uh, he played 22 minutes on Tuesday against the Raptors as the, the Raptors crushed them by 20. He had 12, 17 points and hit a couple three-pointers, two assists, sorry, three assists, no rebounds. So it was a pretty quiet game. He's probably going to bounce back and have a much bigger presence in, in the Celtics' defense, sorry, the Celtics' offense here Thursday night. Yeah, he normally doesn't stay quiet for long. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, well, we'll be right back to talk about our throwback Thursday, um, kind of going back to last year's 17-game win streak at home and talk about what has changed since and how the Wizards can get back on track at least defending the home court. They'll have a chance to do it Thursday night against the Celtics, as we've been mentioning. So stay locked in right here to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm Noah Getzel, and I'm joined by Dustin Allwood. So uh, I forgot to mention that you can find Locked On Wizards uh, in a couple of different places. You can follow us at LockedOnWizards.com. You can go to um, Twitter and check out the latest podcasts. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes um, and also Stitcher. And last but not least, you can find it on SoundCloud SoundCloud under the Wizards Extra podcast. We'll be posting these podcasts on the wizardsextra.com homepage as well. So plenty of places where you can find us. And on Twitter, you can follow us at LockedOnWizards. All right, enough of that. Uh, we're about to talk about Throwback Thursday, um, and this topic is last year's. It wasn't that long of a throwback ago, just last season's 17-game home winning streak. Before we get into that, there are a couple of national NBA stories to bring up. Um, So, obviously, a devastating hit for the New York Knicks last night on Tuesday as Kristaps Porzingis had this highlight uh, jam over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, He came down hard on his knee. What does it mean for the the Knicks the rest of the season and maybe the rebuild efforts as uh, Porzingis will be out at least the rest of the season with a torn ACL now, Dustin. Yeah. I mean, tough to see a guy go down, you know, 
with an ACL injury, you know, it's typically a, a 12 month recovery. So not that the Knicks had any immediate sights for uh, a turnaround, I think, but, you know, it definitely puts a, a damper on um, this season and probably next for them, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause he probably won't be back until at best, uh, you know, late January next year. Right. And then they, they traded one of um, his closest friends on the team, uh, forward center, Willie Hernan Gomez, He's going over to the Charlotte Hornets for Johnny O'Brien and a second-round pick. Um, other news around the league, Lou Williams committed to a three-year deal with the Clippers, so he won't be traded, most likely. Are you surprised at all about that, Dustin? Yeah, I, I was surprised with Lou uh, locking into a, a long-term contract with L.A., but, you know, uh, he seems to fit there. He's got the green light, so that seems to be what he wants. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, sorry, someone else who, who seems to be sticking around, LeBron James said that there's no way he would ever waive his no-trade clause. Is that just an insult to Cleveland, who, you know, is really struggling this year and could build for the future without him? I, I understand it's very difficult. It would be like trading Kobe Bryant, trading Michael Jordan. You can't really do that. But does it kind of put Cleveland in a bind, knowing that they're they're stuck with him for the year? Well, I mean, I think... You know, you could do worse than being stuck with LeBron James. Of but, um, <laughs> um, you know, I think it basically signals that that uh, that Brooklyn first round pick's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, you know, they, they're already kind of bracing themselves for an, a LeBron exit. So they're not going to be trading away any assets that they can use to rebuild after he's gone. Mm-hmm. And speaking of adversity, uh, Isaiah Thomas, who is never outspoken or sorry, he's always a little bit outspoken. Um He's been talking a lot since he, he got back into the action with the Cavs, and he said that when adversity strikes in Cleveland, all of his teammates kind of go separate ways. What do you take out of that comment? Uh, you know, uh, I've never been a huge Isaiah fan. I think, like, uh, my opinion, he kind of rode a, a wave of a really, really good team that was built around um, – defense in Boston and he was as we talked about earlier not a critical cog of that mm-hmm. defense he just benefited from it and so for him to come you know to Cleveland now and, and be talking about uh, the defense that they played in Boston when really you know they like like we were talking about earlier they tried to hide him and they they would right. take him out of the game in critical defensive sequences is just kind of funny to me um, but you know uh, it just I think shines a bigger spotlight on the dysfunction that is the Cavaliers this year. Absolutely. I mean, he talked a lot about sharing the ball, but, you know, how many shots does he attempt in the fourth quarter, or did he last year? So, I don't know. Him and Kyrie aren't quite the best pass-first point guards. In fact, uh, the Celtics, their leading assist man is Al Horford, their center, which is a bit surprising, but, you know, just another reason why he's an all-star. So, going back to the Wizards last season, um, 17 home games home victories in a row. How did the Wizards do it, and why is that not happening this year as they lose to teams like the Suns, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Nets, all sorts of different... Uh, they didn't lose to the Nets at home, but they lost to some some pretty crappy teams here, here at home, uh, really overlooking opponents. What would it take for the Wizards to find that rhythm again, and can we reminisce a little bit about this amazing streak last year? It was a blast. I mean, you know... It was it was fun in the moment, um, you know the the then Verizon Center was a uh, uh, you know a fun place to be. 
Um, and, um, you know, actually, I, you know, right in the middle of that streak was, you know, the funeral game where they wore black to beat the, to the Boston Celtics game and they, they beat them then. That's not um, happening actually, tomorrow, right? Right around this time of year last year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I, you know, honestly, I think it had a lot to do just with, uh, the mentality of the team, you know, you got to remember last year, this team started off horribly and everybody was writing them off, um, talking about burn it down, trade John Wall, trade Bradley Beal and start from scratch. You know, that's where we were in like December of last year. You know, it was a horrible start to the season. Uh, Scott Brooks first year, everybody wanted Grunfeld fired, which I think most people probably still do. Um, but you know, it was, it was a bad start to the year. And then, you know, right around December, they really, really turned it on. They flipped the switch mm-hmm. and they brought it every single night. And the mentality was, we don't lose at home. And, you know, they would just, you know, come out and, and punch bad teams in the mouth and just blow them out. And good teams would come in here and they would get the A plus Wizards. And, you know, one of the best games of the season last year, in my opinion, was actually a loss. You know, that, that overtime loss to the Cavs. Oh, yeah, crazy uh, game. LeBron hit the crazy bank shot, you know, to send it to overtime. But, I mean, that was an epic game. I mean, that was two teams playing, you know, peak basketball. And the Wizards went blow for blow with that Cleveland team. You know, Kyrie and LeBron and Love all playing their best. Um, but that was the mentality of that team at home was we don't – Who's at home, no matter who comes in here. And, you know, I think, you know, at some point, you know, between that run and the playoffs last year, the Wizards got a little cocky, you know, and you've seen it from from Bradley Beal and John Wall in the offseason talking about Cleveland tried to dodge us in the playoffs and we're the best duo in the East, we're the best team in they the East. They talk way too much. Let's get that out and, of the way. Know, I think that's the mentality is they think they are good enough to just kind of sleepwalk through the regular season. And they're just not, I mean, they can be very, very good when they're competing at a high level. But, um, I think the mentality shifted, you know, last year they were out to prove something Mm -hmm. because they had missed the playoffs the year before brand new coach. Um, and, and they were trying to prove that they were, you know, one of the top dogs in the East. And I think they felt like they proved that. And I think they, you know, maybe came in with a little bit of a, um, a mindset of we're too good to have to bring it every night. And they're just not. And I think that's the difference that you see this year. I don't think it's any, I mean, it's basically the same squad, you know, when you look at it, I mean, there's really not a huge difference in, in personnel. If anything, there's probably an upgrade on the bench. You know, you're getting more out of Sadoransky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting more out of Ubre. Mike Scott. Uh, Mahimi, yeah, Mahimi's doing Mike a lot Scott better. has been huge. Um, you know, so you've got a better bench. Um, and the starters are the same. You know, probably, you know, realistically, Bradley Beal's better now than he was last year. No doubt. Um, so you don't foresee so, another streak coming the rest of this season, these last, what is it, almost no, 30 games or something? Without, it'll be tough without Wall, for sure. Right. Um, but, but, you know, the most important thing is getting into the playoffs, get into the tournament, and then, uh, you know, see where the chips fall. And hopefully they can get back to playing that type of basketball um, in the playoffs this year. That's going to be the key. That's going to be the goal, anyways. 
well, a home winning streak could start. Uh, would it would it be starting? Did the Wizards win their last one at home? They did, right? Yes, they yep. beat the Raptors, and I can't remember if OKC was before or after that. But the Wizards will have another chance for a home victory tomorrow night against the Celtics. Uh, we'll be coming to you live from the Capital One Arena for in-game coverage. Uh, there's going to be a podcast after that featuring Brian Kramer, another big uh, frequent Wizards Extra contributor. We may have uh, someone from Locked On Celtics on the show as well. We'll see. And so that'll wrap things up here um, Wednesday night. Thank you so much, Dustin, for being on the show. And can you remind everyone where they can follow you on Twitter? And don't forget about that missing letter in your Twitter account handle. Oh, yeah. So at Range Rover Allwood, no A in range, just R-N-G-E. And why is that? Not, not enough characters. That oh, okay. Twitter's, Twitter handles are one one character short, being able to fit in. I have to drop something. Okay. And then I'm Noah Getzel. Noah, N-O-A-H, underscore Getzel, G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. So thank you guys so much uh, for joining us here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast, and we'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Gets it into Rex Chapman. Rex unloads. Yeah! Holy mackerel!